up as I go. What are your qualifications? Ah, well, I attended Juilliard. I'm a graduate of Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I have people skills. I am good at dealing with people. You just don't know when to give up, do you? I could do this all day. The Matt Sodnikar Podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Matt. Thank you for listening. Wanted to extend some thank yous for this episode. First and foremost to Rick and Angie Abeda for thinking of me. Uh, this was an interview and an acoustic concert at their house with musician Bobby Long. And it was just a blast to do. Uh, Bobby and I were sitting at their kitchen table while Rick and Angie were putting out a, an awesome barbecue for this. And Bobby's a professional musician and he just tours around and he's doing these concerts at uh, you know, intimate settings around at people's houses. So it was a treat for me to interview Bobby and to be a part of this. And so thank you to Rick and Angie and to Bobby. And with that, enjoy some music, some conversation, some barbecue, and you'll even hear the dog barking in the background. But it was all just part of this fun experience. So. Thanks for listening. Enjoy Bobby Long. Welcome to the podcast. This is Matt Sodnikar. I'm here with uh, musician, poet, actor, uh, <laughs> all around musical talent, Bobby Long. Welcome, Bobby. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, first question is, what are you doing in this kitchen in Aurora, Colorado? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm playing a, a house concert um, for some really nice people. It's, it's becoming more of a norm, you know, as... As uh, in this day and age, more more and more people putting on putting on their own shows in their houses, which is it's like a unique uh, listening experience. You yeah, know what I mean, so it's 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 nice actually. It's really nice. So, how did you meet uh, Rick and Angie? What was the story they, of how that all came to just be? Just been a supporter. Like they started coming to shows really early on and been really supportive. And uh, you know, they always come to shows when I'm in the area, and they're just I, th- I think they're just big music fans. So. You know, the kind of people you need to have a career. You know, you need as many of those kind of people as possible because they they support they support music. You know, so it's great. You know, very yeah. fortunate. Yeah, if you have like a thousand true fans, two thousand true oh, fans. Oh yeah, that's what you need. You know, yeah. it really is. You know, a lot of people come and go, and but like the true ones who, uh, you know, you go out and support it. Yeah, they're they're just worth their weight in gold. You know, they're great people. Yeah. Well, it, it's pretty cool. Like I, I saw you when you were were here last year, and mm-hmm. it's just fun to see somebody of your talent, oh, literally up uh, up close, personal. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's really fun. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 like I said, it's just uh, I I especially love Colorado too. So um, it's it feels extra special to be here. It's so so beautiful here, and people are really nice here. You know, really nice. So, yeah. So. Uh, I wanted to ask about because you're obviously a musician and mm-hmm. you also have published a couple of books of poetry. Mm-hmm. Is that a, a different mindset when you're writing poetry? Uh, yeah, I mean it's just freeing. It's like uh, you're not held down to you know three and a half minutes of song or four minutes of song. It's like you're with poetry. You can be as free as possible, you know. So it's 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 kind of it's just freeing. You feel like you can write whatever you like so it, you, you kind of put a different cap on and when you do it kind of releases the tension maybe of writing music you know what i mean it, it gives you breathing room which is 
I always feel like I, I write a better song after writing a collection of poetry because it means means that I use up some of the um, just some of the the noise, you know, <laughs> and, I, and I can be a bit more concise um, with songwriting, which is which is I think it's important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Were you a poet first or a songwriter? No, I, Can you really even separate that? Yeah, no, I, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't call myself a poet necessarily. I definitely wouldn't. I'm just a musician who's, you know, written some poetry. I think because poets, they like it's a, it's a whole other different ball game. They do their own readings and they they get you know they're they're published and they spend years and years honing that one craft. And I feel like I've just stepped into it, you know. Um, stepped in and out of it at certain times so um but you know i i was i'm predominantly just a song as a songwriter and guitarist really is what probably is fairest you know <laughs> i just don't want to take credit you know it's like a whole other it's a whole other discipline that i don't think i've really had full exposure to you know what i mean have you done live readings of the poems yeah and it was difficult it was again it was like it, it was uh it was a whole completely different craft, you know, it's because, you know, it, when you're, when I'm playing a show and I'm talking on stage, it, it offers a different dynamic, but when you're doing a reading, all you're doing is talking. So it's, it's, you really have to, it's just a whole other skill set. And it was, uh, I read things too fast and I read other things too slow. It's just, <laughs> it's tricky, really tricky. Yeah. Was it? Did you have your guitar on stage when you're doing the poetry? I did. Okay. Um, once I did, and I felt a bit better because I would just do a song occasionally, which again, like brought it back, brought it back round, you know, to um, into my comfort zone a little bit. But you know, I, I really like writing lyrics, um, and the poetry just definitely it, it's a part of that. So it, it definitely they they share a lot of things. It's yeah. just I'm just I haven't written any poetry for like the last you know few months really. Yeah. So. You know, yeah. I like the poems. I read uh, a couple, you know, on the the Amazon preview oh. on the book. Oh, and, thank you. Uh, I didn't think that they were dark. I just thought they were raw. Like I just thought it was yeah. talking about your brother and your family. Oh and, yeah, yeah. I yeah. like the one about uh, I, I'm forgetting the title, but the one about Grandpa and the sand. Oh yeah, yeah. There's yeah, it's um, you know, I, I yeah, I. I don't think they're dark, that dark either. And I've been trying, I've been writing more funny ones in the the newest book, where I've got like a poem about Web and WebMD and Google, <laughs> and it's like it, describing the sheer panic. And I've written another one about a, 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 our like annual trip to France, where we drove from England. We got on a ferry and with my sisters, and we had a, a greyhound on our laps, and it was just it was just hell. It was just hilarious. And, people being car sick and for I wrote a poem about that too so it's um but yeah it's just raw and you know I think and a little bit of darkness is good the day is dark half the time you know all the day you know what I mean so yeah I think it's, it's that's realistic you know I think yeah well you wouldn't appreciate the sun unless there was darkness yeah exactly there, right? 100% like you got to sacrifice a little bit sometimes <laughs> to appreciate you know the good I think yeah one of my uh, best friends is from England and mm -hmm. I met her like 20 years ago. And one of her first questions to me, we started talking about things that we liked in common. And I had mentioned Ricky Gervais's mm -hmm. The Office. And oh, yeah. She pauses Brilliant. and looks at me and she goes, you know, it's not real, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I said, oh, yeah, I get that. I, I grew up on Monty Python. Yeah. And it's Blackadder. The, and there was like, definitely, I think, I, I think there's this unfortunate consensus that 
that Brits have that they're exposed to where they think that Americans can't take. Like, um, I don't know what the word is, like, because we're so sarcastic a lot of the time. Yeah. So I think there's sometimes, it's just a different kind of humor over here. It's more like slapstick. It's often more like a physical humor over there in England. It's, it's quite dark and it's quite like, can be quite biting and sarcastic. So I think that's an unfortunate, unfortunate, like pre, <laughs> pre thing that, that, that English people think Americans have, but. Um, it's amazing how many Americans do know about Monty Python and mm -hmm. it's all on Netflix now so people are watching it even now and just it's great you know yeah. well I think it's just again going back to being real and raw like mm -hmm. it's if it's the truth and it's said to somebody it could be an insult but if it's yeah. the truth it, well it's <laughs> well, sorry <laughs> that's uh, that's actually I think the biggest thing with um, British like Ser like comedy series and American comedy series is that the British one's always based in a shit situation. Yeah. So it's like the office is not who wants to be in that office, but from that, like from this kind of shitty kind of place, it's all this humor and this like the, the lightness and the, just the resolve of people comes through, like the beauty of it, you know, beauty of life shines through. And there's like, there's loads of, British series that are like there's one called Porridge which is based in a prison <laughs> <laughs> and then the guy's got a life sentence he's only about 21 and it's based in this like it's just a ridiculous like that would that wouldn't necessarily happen um, and you know like if you watch the, Amer the American Office which I love too it's great it's that's like it's kind of it's set in a nice place Scranton seems nice you know what I mean where the office in Slough <laughs> In England, it's just an absolute dump. You know, it's like a <laughs> massive car park. So, yeah, interesting. It took me a while to warm up to the American version because me too. it yeah. was uh, the British office. Ricky mm -hmm. was always the butt of the joke. He yeah. was always making himself the awkward one. Yeah. And then the humor and the, the butts of the jokes were mm -hmm. always outward, right? Yeah, and yeah. I thought it was actually kind of mean-spirited the first couple of times that I had seen yeah. it. Yeah, the, the, I read something about how the first series wasn't... A, wasn't treated that nicely over here because Michael S Scott just came across as a bit of an asshole. Yeah. Rather than having this like in Ricky Gervais's character is just an idiot and he's, he means well, <laughs> but he like his cockiness is just to cover his kind of sadness. I think. Yeah. He's just insecure, but, um, but yeah, but I definitely warmed up to it. I think it's great in its own way. You know, some really funny bits. It's yeah. just not realistic. You know, it just doesn't feel, it feels like it's a weird kind of Disney based land. A little um, bit. Yeah. But it's yeah. still, it's great. Did, yeah. Have you ever seen Office Space? Yeah. Um, the film? Yeah. yeah Mike um, Judge? Yeah, I have seen it. I didn't, I wasn't as taken with it as I thought I would be, but um, I, I need to check it out again, I think. Definitely. When I first saw it, I was actually an engineer in a cubicle and it uh -huh. wasn't funny. It was like, it was like a hidden camera on my life. <laughs> yeah. I'm not I, I wasn't, tough. wasn't a big fan. I know. That's a tough environment, I think, to work in. It's tough. Yeah. Uh, two of the favorite songs on uh, Sultan's, the new CD, oh, were um, Serpentine oh, yeah. and Maserati. Oh, cool. Yeah, I like those two. And Maserati, I've got a playlist um, of songs that always put me in a good mood. Oh, cool. And that one's on there. Oh, like To me, I, I would describe that song as sort of like a sundown patio, Thursday afternoon, having yeah. some beers with some friends. Like yeah, the week has been great. Yeah. And uh, Serpentine, to me, just reminds me of kind of like... Um, it's not quite a machine gun guitar yeah. in there. It's but like almost surfery guitar. 
Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. That yeah. to me is a perfect quintessential road trip song. Yeah. Like, I like that one too. That yeah. was just that was just driving. Uh, just like that's that's like a, a background song kind yeah. of driving through the desert. Yeah, that that was definitely something we we like we wanted people to like the sounds and everything we were using were really important, you know. It was we wanted to like create an ap- an atmosphere like a because we wanted it to be a concept album at first, but we realized that the songs had absolutely nothing to do with each other. <laughs> so, I was going to write a story that involved all the songs, and then we were like, "Look, let's just make it sound like it's in this its own world, you know, its own like it has its own vibe, you know, set of colors per song." So that was uh, I feel the same way about those kind of songs. The Maserati song always makes me feel good, you know, even though the lyrics maybe aren't like pleasant. And the Serpentine one, um, Serpentine and Serpentine, or whatever. But it's, uh, I've, I love, I, I listen to that myself very occasionally on the road, you know, because um, it has that driving, it has that like driving drum thing, which is like a, almost like a train or something. You know? so, yeah, it makes me want to go. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, in yeah. Maserati, there was a line in there, and forgive me if I misquote it, but it was. Um, was it choosing to be alive rather than dead? Or yeah, is yeah. That, did I get that close? Yeah. Um, and it's better being alive than dead. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. 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 And it's it's a choice sometimes yeah, how you look ch- at things. Yeah. That that was more based. To be honest, that song is about like the frustration of like uh, like how you know people can think whatever they want believe in whatever they want to believe in god or whatever that's fine i don't but i understand but it's when it just it, it invades on truth it like it gets in the way of science or um like just general general knowledge you know like the persecution of a certain people you know and it, it just it's easy some i i find that that's I don't know, some people I think believe in it for the wrong reasons because it's just easier to mm-hmm. rather than f- actually facing up to it. And they don't do they don't go to church or they don't do enough research on the re- this religion that they're supposedly intertwined with, and it. So it's just a cover. It's just like a a way of stopping reality hitting you. You know whether after you do research you you you're like maybe there's nothing and or if you come up with a consensus it's like absolutely what I believed in is real. But I think you got to you got to you got to look for it a little bit. So that's what that line's about. You know, I'd rather be like, I'd rather be living in truth than living in this like weird existence of, you know, like a cover mm-hmm. because you're afraid of death or something, you know? So, yeah. But I like that line too. It, it feels really negative at first, but I want it to be like a, you know, like in my generation with the who, it's like, I hope I die before I get old. Mm-hmm. Like not absolutely not wanting to die, loving life, but just keeping like living in a, a state of living all the time. Yeah. You know I mean, youthfulness. Like, yeah. I recently found the, the death clock online and you oh, punch geez. in, it's like a real simple algorithm, mm-hmm. you know, and it sort of estimates like it asks if you're a smoker. It asks <laughs> if you're, you know, but I did it because, you know, I'm, I just turned 50 this year yeah. and oh, wow. clearly I'm on, you know, I've got less years in front of me mm-hmm. than behind me. Yeah. That's but, a weird feeling. But I wanted to put that out there that, mm-hmm. like, these days matter. Like, yeah, every yeah, day definitely. matters, right? Yeah. And sometimes, you know, days are hard, but it's worth it. You know, it's all worth it. You know? Yeah, the alternative is not very much fun and kind well, of permanent. Yeah, the alternative is just not, it's just no, you know, 
it's just it's not that long we, you know, we're not here for that long <laughs> yeah that's why it's always worth riding it out and just because it's there's so many great things you know yeah you I, gotta, would just, you I would find just them. I would rather live with you know I would rather you know say there is nothing after when we die I'm alright with that it's, you know I I, I you know I generally I feel so lucky to be alive you know yeah. it's tough sometimes but I love it you know love life um so yeah, so I think it's a, there's a tendency that singer songwriters get this. Um, they have this. People think that that is, they're like a depressed a depressed breed. When really it's just it's it's all celebrating life, you know. Like L- Leonard Cohen was, re- wrote about some pretty depressing things, but he also it comes from a you know he wrote it when he wrote it he was probably really happy and it, you know that song made him feel incredible. So it's all worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I grew up Catholic and, mm. you know, as I've grown and changed and evolved, you know, you'd mentioned death and like mm. at the end of it. And I almost think that for this is my personal opinion that for like people, you know, thousands of years ago that losing somebody is the most painful thing Terrifying. that a human's going to experience. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And I think perhaps the idea of like an afterlife came because yeah. like it's incomprehensible, yeah. right? Like if that's really all there is, like mm-hmm. that's a hard thing it's to hard, get your yeah. head around. And right? I understand that. Oh, totally. totally. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. 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 So I saw you're a huge Beatles fan. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I wanted to ask if you're going to, you're going to build your band mm-hmm. Yeah, and it could be anybody living or dead. Mm-hmm. Like, What's your lineup like? Who, oh, uh, are, you, who are you gonna pick? I would have and, uh, and uh, instruments. Okay, I would have. I'd have Bill Ward from Black Sabbath on the drums. <laughs> I would have McCartney on bass. Um, I would have. I'll have John Lennon singing. Um, I would have Steve Winwood on organ. And then as a, maybe I'll have a second guitar player. Um, uh, Freddie King is like a blues guy I really love. Okay. It, it, the band would not work, but it would be great. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, nothing would make sense and they would clash, but it would be great. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned Winwood because I, I have some albums that would be like the stuck on the deserted island mm-hmm. list. And, um, I think it's Freedom Overspill, mm-hmm. whatever uh, album that is mm-hmm. from Winwood is one of my mm-hmm. favorites. And yeah, I love great. that keyboard intro at the end where he's kind of like slapping that organ. Yeah. That he's a crazy in the eighties. It holds up. I think it's yeah. a great song. Yeah. I was on tour with him um, for like a month and a half. Really? Two months. Yeah. And it was amazing. It was just, he's just, uh, he's just, he's a genius, you know, amazing guy. Really amazing. And really, 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 really kind guy too who like looked out for me knew my name invited me on the bus you know so that was just the that was the co- that was just the coolest coolest thing you know? yeah really good guy great player you can cuss we don't filter on oh that. good yeah he's <laughs> fucking great yeah he um <laughs> yeah no really good when was that tour that was a few years ago it's like three years ago now i went out with him at different points over the year but it was oh yeah it was it was just really good he doesn't in his band. There's he has like a he has like a percussionist, a guitar player, a keyboard player, saxophone player, him, drums. But there's no bass player because he plays the bass with his feet on the organ, which is just mind-boggling. Just an incredibly talented 
guy. I'm not sure he could cook his own dinner, but he can he could play anything. He he played like well he turned sixty four on tour and they were playing when I'm sixty four, he like walked out and his band were playing it. And I'm sure the band had a rehearsal. And Steve Winwood came out to the cake, blew it out, and then he sat down with him and just picked up mid song on the bridge too. So it's like and maybe I could have done that. I would have, I would have had to think about it, you know. He was just like, "Oh, brilliant!" Duh, duh, duh. And it wasn't because he knew it; it was just because he just, he knows how to play. You know, amazing. I was not a huge Traffic fan, but I've got mm. every one of his solo albums. Yeah, I, yeah. It's I was more into Blind Faith than I was Traffic, to be honest. Um, yeah, I like the Spencer Davis group too. The uh, like the really early stuff with like Keep on Running and yeah. So yeah, a great yeah. Great musician, incredible. Yeah, almost blues, right? Like very, was... yeah, definitely blues and R and B, and but now he's into like he likes electronic music. He's just he's like I think his son, who I met, is a uh, he like is interested in electronic music, whatever. So he got into it too, which I thought was pretty pretty cool. You know, just a, a, an older guy from a just the, the best, you know, probably the best era of music. He lived it, and made it, made music in that time. And now he's like opening opening his ear up to like electronic music, you know, which I wasn't particularly into. But I think that's, that shows shows his like just it's like a testament to himself, you know. It's really cool. Well, it just keeps him fresh. Yeah, definitely <clears throat> keeps him relevant. And maybe yeah. he doesn't ever play it or record it, but at least yeah, he's I think he does to. actually. Really? Yeah, I have no idea what it uh, what it's like. It's probably good. It makes sense. It would be good. It's him, you know. Yeah. Do you have a, a routine for writing? I know that yeah, people often, as if I was a professional musician and I sort of said, oh, it just like comes naturally. Like I'm sure there's a shit ton of work that goes into it. Do you have like a yeah. structure or routine? I just sit down and I'm like, I just have to tell myself, okay, you're writing now. And then I often write, it just, I, I just write a song in a sitting, you know, whether it's two hours or an hour. I don't get up until I, um, I've written a song. I, up until about a year ago, excuse me, I like if if I was working on it for more than four hours, it was, I was dead. But now I'm like starting to like I catch one occasionally that maybe I would have thrown away that I like. So I just I just give myself a time. It's like I have to like make it into a work thing. You know, I'm not one of those guys who just walks around the apartment and picks up a guitar and says, "Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> record this." I just don't. I'll I'll be playing somebody something somebody else's song. You know. So, yeah, I just heard a podcast with Neil Gaiman and he when he's going to write, he sits down, he actually writes out with an inkwell and a piece of paper and it's about two hours and he can either look out the window and do nothing or he can write, but he yeah. makes himself sit down and do it. Yeah, that's I, I'm, I'm kind of similar. You know, I, I use a computer, though, because I'm dyslexic. So I would used to write like with it, you know, with the notepad that you have in front of you and a pen, I'd be like romantically writing all these books on trains and in fucking parks. And stuff, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like a fucking loser, but uh, like a romantic loser. I thought I was Lord Byron. And, um, but uh, now I use a, a computer and it really helps because it's spell check and it looks nice. So it really helps with, you know, it takes me less time to write. So, yeah. And then the illustrations, you've actually illustrated uh, in your books of poetry. What's your yeah. preferred um, 
Well, what, how do you draw? Is it? Yeah, I, I do this thing called pointillism. So it's I got into it in art, like in, a, in an art class. And it's just like dotted. You don't draw any lines. You just dot everything. So it's almost like Art Nouveau almost. And uh, it was like the only... I'm not... I'm, I'm, a, I'm an okay drawer and I'm like a very average painter. But it was one of the things I could do and it looked all right. You know? <laughs> so I do that. And I, I can actually draw like better from my doing the dotted thing because it kind of... You almost... You can trace it out, you know. And then you just... You kind of highlight bits and it's really cool. Yeah. Well, you remind me a lot of Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance because oh, he cool. did like the Umbrella Academy. He oh, had a okay. comic book and he's yeah. a writer and a, a lot, musician. I, to be honest, most, I think drawing is just one of the most like primitive forms of creativity. Like, you know, we know that people thousands of years ago, they drew on walls. It's like, it's, I think it's the one consistent skill. Everyone jots stuff occasionally. Yeah. You know I mean? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's live. <laughs> so, uh, are you on tour now? Are you touring the states? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm flying back to Jersey tonight, but then I'm. Uh, I'm uh, back out next week for like two and a half weeks, in Texas and a few other places. Which it'll be cool. I I love playing. It's just traveling. It's just sucky sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, it's the the hour hour two hours on stage and then it's yeah, all that grind in between, all, right? I know. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's tough. And I heard you say you have a son too. Yeah, a little a little boy, two year old. Oh, congratulations! Thank you. Yeah, oh, it's it's great. It's his birthday tomorrow. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is he in England or Jersey? Oh no, he's in Jersey with my okay. wife. Yeah, my rest of my family are in England, but I'm really lucky. I have a, I have got like great in laws, and so I feel like I got family over here now too. So it's really cool. Nice. Well, tell him happy birthday, man. Yeah, that's, thank you. I will. That's the the best job I've ever had. Oh, is being amazing. a dad. Oh, it's cool. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, River. Uh, his first name's River, and then Robinson, and last name Long. So, River Long. He sounds like a Native American chief. You know. It's, yeah. That's quite cool. <laughs> River Robinson Long. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like a, kind of a Bruce Wayne level superhero there. Like yeah. His alter ego. Yeah. The Robinson is named after. Well, my wife was a massive. Yankee fan and she loved Robinson Cano but she hated him when she moved <laughs> when she when when he moved to Seattle um, and then one of my best friends his middle name is Robinson so we were like let's call him Ro-. we like the name Robinson as for a boy anyway like Robbie but we went with River yeah he's a cool kid he's really cool does he uh, enjoy the music does he kind he does. of understand what you do he no, yeah I think so he loves he's just very patient when I play so he doesn't he's just used to me playing so he doesn't like doesn't get bent out of shape but he only likes me playing like two songs. <laughs> he likes, they're both like T-Rex songs. He just loves T-Rex. I played them to him as a kid. Which ones? It's, uh, I like to boogie as one. Okay. I'm not sure if that's the name. And then um, the other one is, uh, what's it called? It's the one that I was dancing when I was eight. It's, it was in the Billy Elliot soundtrack. Okay. Um, I've forgotten what it's called. Oh, he also loves Jeepster. I'm just a Jeepster for your love, but it's all like that. And he just, you know, he can jog to it. He don't want to hear Dylan. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, T-Rex is so underrated. Right? Oh, you know, they always, you know, bang a gong's always oh, out there, awesome. right? But yeah. there's like so many other things. Oh, just, it's like, who is this? Also just really fun, nice. You know, yeah. like they're like uh, nice, you get positive to listen to and, 
really cool sounding. I love Mark Boland too. So, yeah. Sweet. Thank you. Well, everybody's filing in. I want to be respectful of your time. And, yeah, no, um, thank you so much for having me. It's just great. Thank you. But yeah, this is really great. Kind. The album, I've, I've listened to it three times oh, already in the past couple of days. And it's oh, just, thanks, mate. it's, uh, uh, I don't want to call it like an easy listen, but no, I it's not, but no, it, it, it flows. I, I'm glad. Uh, yeah, I want it to like, that's a real big thing. It just flows and it's like, uh, it's a pleasant listening experience. You know, that was really important. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, awesome. Bobby, thanks for taking thanks the so time much. and thank great you. to see you, man. Good luck with the podcast. It's yeah. great. Really thank cool. you. Thank yeah, you so I'll much. put all the links on there and uh, yeah. yeah, come out and see Bobby when he's out and around. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks, bud. Take care. Thanks. I'm tired, short, I'm turning. The cards say I'm not working. But she plays my favorite song. This one for the one we've lost. I'm sick of shaking the money that I'm making. There's not much to go around. That doesn't mean I break you down. All by it, you don't have to like it. But if you're looking for some truth, you've lost it. Get saved.
great to be here. Thanks for Angie and Rick for having me. I love Colorado. It's great for many, many, many reasons. It's been a pretty steamy two days. <laughs> a foggy two days with Rick. <laughs> this is a, another song from the record. This one's called Lost. Strong, heading out west, tied to the flow. Life was a mess, can't be alone. I'll be alone with you. Be alone with you. I rose from the sky, fell from the ground, screaming out loud. I'm making a sound, can't be alone. I'll be at home with you. Be at home with you. Don't go changing. Don't go changing now. Changing now.
get home I'll be alone with you Thank you I was weirded out with myself after making that. <laughs> Me and my um, the, my friend is the producer for the record. He plays the tall guy, Jack. Well, his name is Jack. He's not playing. But he's the guy I abduct, and um, he uh, we had to ride home together after that in the same car, and it got weird. Really. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, this next song's called "I Set Sail for Venice," and it was uh, I wrote it about a school a school trip. Uh, to Venice, for, to Rome, and it was uh, it was uh, like a school trip, and it was a bus the whole drive, and it was there were two drivers, uh, one was called Colin and one was called Wayne, and I was about seventeen, they're about twenty four, twenty five, and they got the nickname Creepy Colin and Weirdo Wayne because they they were caught in a couple of the girls on the bus who were sixteen, but they were obviously working, it was terrible, and uh, Weirdo Wayne got sent home, and Creepy Colin had to drive us the rest of the journey. And uh, on our way to Rome, we realised that we were, the teachers realised that we weren't going to make it before the hotels, uh, before like check-in or whatever. So we, they said we we're going to spend the night in Venice, so we were really excited. And my friend, uh, my friend Dave was particularly excited. He'd been to Venice before and had said he had fallen in love with a girl and whatever. But we ended up going to mainland Venice, which is like the worst part of Miami. Uh, you can possibly imagine. And he did meet a girl, and he, and he came back with a with a virus and a rash. So I, uh, I wrote this song for him. So so when the album came out, he would remember the horrible situation he was in. Sometimes the French need. To, I love the French; they're great people. But sometimes they need to laugh at themselves a little bit. And I set sail for Venice through the Grand Canal, holding on to Rebecca, holding on to him. I watched things arrive from China, boats and ships galore, bellowing the water, sinking my boat's floor. Her head hit the wind and tried to play with me. Bouncing on my shoulder like the waves caress a sea. You had always told me that sadness follows me. And I said, Sail for Venice, lonely. Lit by white 
falling crowds still at ground and I said sail or go fly time my skin tanning slowly Lurs us off to snow, walk in the canal and wondering, where do the youthful go? Well, I was sinking slowly like the bricks and the stone. How many people live here? How many call it home? Well, she kissed me on my shoulder, let me drink from her cup. We sell our some seed in like a Heart begs for love, and you'd always told me the sand follows me. I said, Sail for Venice, lonely, lonely, broken on me. For night, scattered picture, live by wine, lasting kisses, spill like wine. As I said, sail both my time. As I said, sail on profitize. Thank you very much.
songs I'm playing on my, on my new record is called Sultan. This one's called Serpentine. Drink all wine, she takes hold of me and 
For well, we've unchained a monster And it left me feeling not well So long to think in The past is but it still Oh, under a hard place In an empty wishing well So no one's coming for the helpless Come and quickly help yourself just go and sell yourself to Jesus. God insists upon that sin. People are whistling to the siren. They clap their hands to our defeat. I saw a headless person crying. We never see such strange or so long to think the crowd will try for well oh we've unchained a monster and it left me feeling unwell so long to know the past is but still oh wonder a hard place in an empty wishing well. Oh, under a hard place in an empty wishing well. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. This is my uh, wife's least favorite song. It's called Cold Hearted Lover of Mine, but it's not about her. She don't think 
Thank you. 